Hey, y'all. Glad we're here again this evening. If you could please open up your Bibles to 2 Peter, okay? 2 Peter chapter 3. That's where we will be this evening. It's been a minute since we've uh, been in this book, but we've been in a series, if you can remember, in the book of 2 Peter, okay, the letter that Peter wrote right before he was going to die. This was kind of his last words to a particular group of people, which was the church that he was writing to, he was friends with, that he loves very much. Okay, and we talked about, just a quick recap a few weeks ago, about how he started off the letter telling them to wake up, right? Peter's saying, hey, guys, wake up. Remember what God has done for us. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember, you know, I was first named Simon. Now I'm Peter, right? Like God has given you something so amazing, right? And then we talked about in the second chapter, in the second chapter of the, of the letter, how he's saying, okay, now watch out though, right? Watch out for people who will try to distract you. Watch out for people who will start to say certain things or, or share their version of the gospel, the version of the good news of Jesus that isn't necessarily true, that they're going to try to manipulate and twist into ways that is wrong, right? So watch out for those false teachers. Watch out for those people that are telling you the wrong things and hold on to and remember the actual gospel that you already have, that you have already surrendered to, right? And so then he decides to, to end the letter, and we're going to talk about this tonight, by talking about the day of the Lord, talking about the second coming of Jesus. Has anybody ever heard of that phrase before, the second coming of Jesus, right? So sometimes it's a little weird, right? So just to quickly explain, you know, as believers, as Christians, we believe that one day, either before we die or after we die, not sure, depending on when the good Lord likes to work, he will come again, right, for his church. Jesus will return for his church, for us, right? And those that have surrendered their lives to Jesus, those that have given their life to Jesus will be with him forever and ever and ever. Okay. That might happen tonight. That might happen tomorrow. That might happen in 20 years, 50 years. We don't know. No one knows. Only God knows, right? But that's how Peter decides to write, to close out his letter. And it's interesting because even though he's talking about the second coming of Jesus to conclude his letter, that's not necessarily the point of the entire chapter. What I believe he's trying to say, he's trying to encourage us that to, to, to wait in a very specific way. Okay, he's trying to encourage us to stand firm and to seek first the kingdom of God and to not lose hope. Remember, this is right before he's going to die, probably. And he's just trying to remind them, hey, stand firm, don't lose hope. Jesus will return but please keep your eyes fixed on him. But the problem that he recognizes, the problem that Peter sees is that there's going to be people that he knows will try to dissuade you or, or to convince you otherwise, convince you that you're crazy, right? Convince you that uh, there is no second coming, that Jesus, in fact, isn't going to return, that, that there's going to be people that are just enjoying life, thinking that all of this was a hoax, right? That they're going to start to dwell into their own desires. They're going to start to do what they want. And they're going to say, hey, nothing's really happening. Like, don't worry. But Peter warns him about this, warns them about this. And we pick up in verse three, he says this. He says, above all, okay, above everything that I've just talked about, you need to be aware of this. Scoffers will come in the last days scoffing and following their own evil desires, saying, where is his coming that he promised. 
Ever since our ancestors fell asleep, all things continue as they have been since the beginning of creation. And so Peter recognizes that waiting isn't always fun, right? Waiting isn't necessarily, necessarily exciting. And in the midst of waiting, okay, there's going to be people that will mock you. People that will come and say that none of this is true, none of this is real. That there won't be a judgment day. That you can go ahead and do as you please because all this time has gone by and nothing has happened, right? And I get it. Waiting is hard. Okay, waiting's not fun, and, and some people grow impatient, right? Some people think that they can get away with things. Has anybody ever gone to, like, the gas station, and you go to, to get a drink, right? And you get the cup, and then you kind of, like, pour a little bit, and you kind of kind of look, and you take a quick swig, right? And so you see, you hope nobody sees you, and then you do it again, you taste it and taste it really good and take another swig. Nobody saw you. Right. And then you do it again and you finally fill it up. Right. But it's those little moments where you're like, I don't think anybody saw me. So I don't think anything bad is going to happen. Right. And you just keep going. So you kind of feel already full. And then you finally fill up your cup and you pay for it. Right. You, you actually just stole. Okay. You guys are thieves if you've done that. I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm not kidding, but you know, technically you are stealing. But the point is, is that Little by little, right, you start to do things that make you feel comfortable with what's happening, comfortable thinking that nothing is, is going to happen. There's not going to be any repercussions, right? And it's sad because Peter is recognizing this, and it's almost like he feels bad for them because these people think that they actually have control, right? They think that they've beat the system, but they haven't, right? Has anybody ever seen, like, again, at the, at the gas stations, they're doing it, or people trying to steal, and like right in front of them is the camera, and they're caught like red-handed, and then they still try to deny it, and they're like, no, and they're like, empty your pockets, and then like three Snickers come out of their pocket, right? They thought they could beat the system, but they couldn't, and then this is how Peter decides to address this, though. He decides to remind them of something because they think that they know it all. Verses five through seven. He says, they deliberately overlook this, right? By the word of God, the heavens came into being long ago, and the earth was brought about from water and through water. And through these, the world of that time perished when it was flooded. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are stored up for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. You see, Peter is saying, hey, number one, don't forget, don't, don't be aware of this. There are scoffers. But then also, remember this, that God's word, okay, what we read in scripture is the truth. What we read in your Bibles has already happened, okay? God's word will come to pass. And what is the example that he uses here? He talks about, Floods. He talks about uh, being brought from water and through water and it being perished when it was flooded. What does that remind you of? Anybody know the story of a flood? Noah's Ark. So what is he doing? He's reminding them of Noah's Ark, that one time that God flooded the earth. If you remember the story, though, did it rain like immediately when Noah started building the Ark? No, right? He had to finish it, right? But even then, no rain was coming. So imagine Noah building the ark little by little. People coming and saying, hey, it hasn't rained in like six weeks. Not even a drop. Noah's like, no, it's going to come, man. I'm telling you, the flood's coming. 
And then another six weeks, dude, it's even drier now. It's like hot. He's like, no, it's going to come, dude. Don't worry. And then six months go by, years go by, five years, 10 years, 50 years go by. Not a single drop of rain has come. Do you think Noah was tempted to give up at all? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but he didn't. He obeyed the Lord and he believed that God's word was going to come to pass and there was going to be a flood. And did it flood? Absolutely. And so Peter's saying, remember that God's word has stand firm and true. What else has already happened though? Again, we're, we're reading in the New Testament, which is after Jesus, his death and his resurrection. If you look in the Old Testament, his word also says that there will come somebody one day that's going, excuse me, that's going to stand on the, with his heel. He's going to, to, to kill the snake, right? The head of the snake. That he's going to destroy and rebuild the temple in three days. He was talking about in the Old Testament about Jesus. And now Jesus has come. And everything that the Old Testament has said was going to happen has happened in Jesus. He came through a virgin, right? We just started Advent season this Sunday, right? The word of this week is hope. If you don't know what Advent is, uh, your leaders can tell you about it or come to class on Sundays because we're doing an Advent series. But, but pretty much what we're doing is as we await this Christmas season, Advent is about for us waiting and, and, and just getting excited for Jesus and his return. And so Jesus, though, has come through a virgin, lived a perfect life, and then he died, but then he resurrected. That actually happened. His word has come true. And what Peter's saying is Jesus has resurrected and came back to life once, then he will definitely return again. But he's not just wanting them to be worried about the end of the world and worried about the cleansing of the world, but he's also encouraging them to stand firm. Why? Because God desires for all to be saved. But the thing is that we need to wait with confidence. Okay, that's point number one, if you're taking notes. We're called to wait with confidence. If his word has come to pass already, then his word will come to pass again. Wait with confidence. But confidence in what? Well, of course his word, but in also who he is. Verse, excuse me, verse five through seven says this. I'm sorry. Verse eight through nine says this. It says, dear friends, don't overlook this one fact. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. But the Lord does not delay his promise that some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. We wait with the confidence knowing that God loves you. We wait with the confidence knowing that while he could choose to destroy the world in one second, he has chosen to give us an opportunity to have life in Jesus. And that took a while. It took a long time for Jesus to come to the earth. It took a long time for his plan to come to fruition. But it came. It actually happened. And so that means that we can also wait with joy. It's point number two. We're called to wait with joy. You see, first, he says, above all, beware of the scoffers. But then he says, above all, don't overlook this one simple promise that we have in this scripture that we just read. 
And we get so frustrated with this, right, sometimes. Because it's such a cliche to say, but it's true. And that God, and the truth is this, is that God does not delay in his promises. Okay, God's timing is his timing. And that means that his timing is right. That his timing is perfect. But here's the sad news, right? We live in a world of instant gratification. Anybody know what that means? Instant gratification? Yes, no, kind of. Instant gratification pretty much means that we can't go five seconds without needing something. Anybody ever felt like they're addicted to certain things? Let me ask you this. If you opened up your phone right now and you went to your settings, if you have an iPhone, you can do this. I don't know if Android has this or not. Go to your settings. Go ahead, do it right now. I'm giving you permission to open your phone, believe it or not. I want you to check, leaders, you too. (laughs) I want you to check what your average screen time is. Oh, I heard somebody go, oh, man. Oh, no, he's doing it to me. He's doing it to me. Go ahead. If, you, if somebody has their answer already, go ahead. Just tell me real quick. Three hours? That's not bad. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Who else? Somebody else? Huh? Two hours and 14? Yo, you're amazing. What? <laughs> Three hours? Okay, you know what? This is not going to work. You know why? Because you have amazing parents. I forgot. eight hours, eight hours. Guys, I'm going to confess this to you. Listen to me. Listen to me real quick. Okay. One more. Go ahead. 385 hours of super smash, bro. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Guys, I checked my phone earlier today. I was talking to, to Sarah and Hannah and Amanda and them and, and I checked my phone and I averaged eight hours a day on my phone. I averaged five hours on Instagram. Five hours on Instagram. Because I'm trying to be cool like you guys. So I'm looking at all the reels. I averaged three or four hours on TikTok. I'm confessing to you right now. Because I'm not up here to be fake. I'm here to be real. Are y'all going to be real with me? Is that cool? Can we be real? And here's the problem. Every time I say something like, oh man, I love my puppy. I want to get him this cute. I want to get my my dog a toy. You know what happens? I go to my reels and there's a brand new ad for a toy for a puppy. Has anybody ever had that happen? Where you say something and all of a sudden you get an ad for like snake boots or something, right? Super random. Does that not scare you guys? That terrifies me because you know what they know? They know you better then you know yourself because of everything that you've searched up on your Instagram or you've talked about with someone or looked up online. They know, oh, this is what's going to hook them. And immediately they send you advertisements because you need to be instantly gratified. Man, sometimes it's so satisfying to say, oh man. And they make you think this, right? And sometimes I've heard people say this, God must want me to get the new iPhone because it just showed up on my phone. No, fool, that's somebody behind a computer that heard you say, I want an iPhone, and then sent you an ad for it. It wasn't God speaking to you, it was a devil. You feel me? But we live in a world of, I need this now. Anybody ever go Black Friday shopping? Oh my goodness. You guys do know it's, it's, it's a game, right? Like, it's, it's, it's fake. There is no specials. I mean, there is, but it's all the leftovers from like <laughs> two years ago or a year ago. 
and they say, hey, it's no longer $500, it's only $400. What, $100 off? Yeah, but you still spent 400, fool. You think you're saving money? No, but they know that we live in a world where we need to be instantly gratified. We cannot wait. There's delayed, there's no delayed gratification. We need to have it now. And here's the problem. God's promises sometimes take a long time. God's promises is not going to happen right away. Some of y'all have been praying for your, for your future husband. It's going to take a minute. Okay, you're in middle school or high school still. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> some, of y'all, some of y'all have been praying for the next PS5. Yo, they're not in restock yet, okay? They were in there for like five minutes and gone. It takes a minute for things to happen, but God's promises is so much more for you than a PlayStation. God's promises is so much more for you than a husband or a girlfriend or a boyfriend, whatever, right? It's more than that. God's promise for your life is to be the ultimate satisfaction that you won't even care anymore about getting a thing for your puppy or getting the next greatest system. That's God's promise for you, but it's, it takes a minute. Let me ask you this. Did anybody take any time at all during Thanksgiving? to pray like with your family. Yeah, right. Usually before dinner, all right, everyone say what you're thankful for. Right. And then you pray, right. And you pray and say, I'm thankful for this. Awesome. Great. But how many times have you done that in the past year? Or have you only done that on Thanksgiving day? We're going to do a quick little test here. No cheating, no counting in your head or anything. Okay. We've done this before. But really quick, we're going to be quiet for a certain amount of time, and you're going to guess how long that took, okay? In three, so no quiet. We're going to literally, and this is what I want you to do, though. I want you to be still before the Lord. Like, actually try, give it a chance to focus on Jesus for just a second, and just be still and think about him, okay? Go. much time do you think that was? Give me a number. So someone said, oh, sorry, one more time. Okay, somebody said 30 seconds. 50 seconds, okay. So anybody, a minute, five, anybody else? 26 seconds, more or less. Okay. So that was 45 seconds, 45 seconds. But let me ask you this. How many of you guys were like already getting antsy or like, oh my gosh, this is really awkward. This is taking forever. Did it feel like forever for anybody? 
or was it pretty quick? Here's the problem. Does anybody ever like scroll through reels or TikToks and you say it's only been five minutes and you look up, it's been like two hours? Why is it so easy to do that and have it feel like it's been five minutes when it's been two hours with TikTok? Yet when we want to spend time with the Lord, it feels like five hours and it's only been like one minute. Why? There's something wrong with our hearts. And I don't blame you. It's not necessarily your fault. The enemy knows what we desire. The world knows what we desire. And it's at our fingertips. Wait with joy, knowing that God desires for all to be saved is what it says here in verse nine. Wait with joy. And lastly, we are to wait with obedience. And here's what I'm going I'm to end really quickly with. Verses 14 through 18. Therefore, dear friends, while you wait for these things, make every effort to be found without spot or blemish in his sight. In other words, guys, as you wait, do not fall into these false ideas, but try your very best to remain holy, to remain abiding in Jesus, to remain spotless. Regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Verse 16, he speaks about these things in his letters. There are some matters that are hard to understand. The untaught and the unstable will twist them into their own destruction. They will also do that with the rest of the scriptures. Because when you're impatient, you start to manipulate and do things to try to justify what you want to do. And then he ends lastly with this. Therefore, dear friends, since you know this in advance, be on your guard so that you are not led away by the error of lawless people and fall from your own stable position. But he says this, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord, Savior, and Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. And he ends right there. Grow in the knowledge of him. I get it. You can learn a lot. I've learned so much through YouTube, through Instagram, through TikTok, hacks, life hacks, whatever. But he's saying there's way more value and growing in the knowledge of our Lord, growing in the grace of our Lord. He has the ultimate life hack, right? And I was not that cheesy now that I think about it. There's so many TikTok, hack, TikTok hacks, right? But growing in the knowledge of our God, our Savior, our Lord, not just Savior, but Lord, and growing in his grace. And what do you learn as you grow in that? You learn about his love, for you. You learn about how he sees you, how he says, I have created you. I've created Nathan with, with this type of hair and this type of color of eyes. I've created Hanani with this type of smile, with this type of laugh. I've created Bruce with this type of, 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 of uh, laughter and, and whatever may be skills, whatever it is, he's created every single one of you in a very specific way shape and form, beautiful. And you learn more about that and about how he loves you when you grow in the knowledge of grace and the knowledge of the Lord. And that takes time. It takes patience. So as we wait, wait with confidence in who he is, wait with joy and wait with obedience. Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for reminding us of who you are, and that we can wait and be patient, Lord, in confidence of who you are, in joy because of how much you love us, and also that we would wait with obedience 
and our best to glorify you. It's your name we pray and we all said, amen.